Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa, and I am your host with my co-host and president of Elite Consulting Partners, Dale Dempsey. What's up, Dale? Good day. Good day. Almost good evening. It's about six <laughs> o'clock on a Friday night, but we're getting it done. We were busy during the week, so you know we take care of clients first and do the rest of the stuff later. So thanks for everybody for listening. We got an interesting topic today, something that has come up more than a few times. It does sort of coordinate with a launch of a new business of ours. So this may seem sort of self-serving, but it's something that is coming up all the time. And that is, what do we do when we're growing and we just don't have enough staff to help service our clients? How do we hire? What's going on in the marketplace? And so today, we just want to really talk about some of our ideas, some of the things that maybe we're doing and that we're hearing other successful practices do in companies to bring on talent in this sort of this tough market. Yeah, it's a tough market. I mean, you even see publications. I read headlines all the time about the great resignation. Um, it really talks to a bunch of different things, but the labor market is disrupted. There's no doubt about it. And if you're like us or you know what we hear from a lot of other companies out there, the things you were doing in the past don't work anymore today. And so you know, I thought we'd kind of talk through some things that we hear that don't work and some things that do work. Just an interesting point. So I was reading an article this week and there was a big RIA conference in Florida, coincidentally. And they asked all these these top RIAs with really aggressive growth projections, what will be your number one issue for 2022 to maintain that aggressive growth? Number one issue, every single firm said that it was going to be staffing. And a lot of companies are moving to Florida. They're relocating to tax-friendly states. And so what happens then? Everybody's kind of fighting for the same talent yeah. in the same areas. So look, that's a systemic problem I think everybody's having. We're having that, I won't call it a problem, but you know, with our steep growth curve, what we're trying to get accomplished here, it's hard finding the right talent. For some of the things that we think that you should do, and some of these things, most of these things are, you would think, germane, but people aren't doing it. And one of them, I would say, there's quantifiable stuff, and then there's sort of the non-quantifiable, softer things that people can do. So quantifiable is, do you have a good 401k? Do you have good benefits? You're in competition. Assume that everybody you talk to is talking to five or six other companies out there. And so they're comparing, well, what am I getting? You know, what's in it for me? So what are you offering me? And it's a 401k. We rolled out our 401k last year and that's helped us attract some people. It's a benefits program. We're rolling out a benefits program, but we've even seen an uptick in the resumes since even just putting out benefits provided, you know, benefits offered. You can get into how much of the benefits are you going to contribute to and all that stuff. But the fact that we're offering benefits is a big deal. Yeah, it puts you in a different, completely different category. But you bring up an interesting concept, which is knowing your competition. Right. Yeah. What's your competition doing? Yeah. You got to be, you have to 
I'm not saying go out there and start applying for jobs, but you really are doing a disservice if you're not looking at the other companies in your space or even the position itself. You know, like what are they hiring for and what are they offering? What are they not offering? Beyond pay scale, right? But benefits. I saw Amazon just launch something. They're giving certain employees 20 weeks of maternity leave. Now that's on the... Aggre- I think that's more progressive. Yeah, I don't, yeah. not that I know yeah, everything we're about not doing that. that. No, I know, but they did market research and said, "All right, who's doing this? Probably no one." Well, because some of the some some studies that I've seen, and I can't quote them, but I remember a couple. I was watching one of the Good Morning America shows or whatever, and they were talking about this. And some of the key factors in attracting talent weren't salary; it was the softer stuff, more days. You know, we went to more days. We went to more PTO days since we're a, a generally a, a work in office company. We gave out work from home opportunities where there's some flexibility, more days during the summertime, more than Labor Day, those little things that can make a big difference. And we're a smaller company, but you have to be thinking, the point is, you have to be thinking about the people that you're trying to attract and what are the extras that they could tie into that your competition is not offering. I don't want to say you know, hiring bonuses and stuff like that, because I don't necessarily believe in that. But similar to what we recently did, right, is a bonus, a referral bonus to your employees for referring in future employees. Because why not take care of your existing employees versus give you know, a couple thousand dollars to someone new that hasn't been at your firm? Because then you create, it's not about attracting talent, it's also about keeping talent. Right. Yeah, you don't want to create some internal conflict, give the optics that, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should be looking for something else for a bonus right. and they already work at your firm. Right. That's There's a, a that's a, a slippery. Yeah, that's, exactly. Right. And maybe both people get a bonus, but look, it's competitive. So you got to take this stuff into account. And because it's competitive, I think you also got to look at your hiring practice and process right now. A lot of companies have seemingly, and I've read about this a few times, reduced their hiring time down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So so what was maybe four or five interviews is now maybe two, maybe three, because they want to get to that candidate before you do as a company and move on to the next one. So they don't have to, to drag it out with- But Jocelyn, you have to know within that period of time, because you don't want to rush a hire, right. but you have to be almost at the beginning of that, before you even meet with that person or in the first meeting, you have to have some basis on what you're hiring and what you're looking for. And one of the things that I always go back to is your core values. So we talk about core values all the time at, at our firm. You know, when we sit with somebody or we sit together, we review a candidate. Some of us liked and some of us didn't really didn't, not that we didn't like, but for whatever reason, they didn't click with us. We go back to, well, do we think that they'll fit these core values of our company? Because if they don't fit those core values, you'd rather have nobody than the wrong person. Right. Totally agree. Look, first of all, if you don't have core values in your organization, you have a problem. So you need to be able to not only have those core values, but they have to be written down all over the place, especially in areas where you're doing the interviewing. You know, when you're doing an interview, you should be able to point to a board. I'm pointing to this board. That's not our core value board. That's our advisor talk podcast sign in our area where we do interviews we have all of our core values plus our mission statement plus our next level process 
on the board so we can constantly point to it. And sometimes that vets people out. Sometimes they don't like that. We talk about expectations and what we expect from people. And and if they can't meet those expectations, maybe they don't come back for a second interview or whatever, which is okay by us. And it should be okay by you. But you have to know what you're looking for. And you have to know what you're trying to do and what that person is trying to do. What role are they coming in to do? But sometimes, we seem to do this often, you might interview somebody and they're not good for the role that they interviewed for. They're better for another role. And you were talking about this earlier today about being progressive, meaning you have to constantly be looking for the next person because you don't know when that next great team member is coming along. And maybe you don't have an open position for somebody right now, but someone walks in the door and you're like, wow, this person is great. Right. You have to figure out how to hire that person. Yeah. That's really key. But I think it goes back to what you're saying is, especially on a first interview, great person, or maybe it's just somebody for a position you're hiring for and you don't know yet. That first interview, what you talk about in that first interview, core values, the vision of the company, you got to tackle all the topics. You got to make it, especially in today's world, you got to make that impactful and you cannot drag this process out. So that first interview has got to be Now, depending on how fast you talk, I don't know if you're like me or not, but it's got to be, it might be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you want to cover all the benefits and you want to cover the role itself. And you want to get some idea of who they are as a person, what they're looking for, if that's a match and pull those little things out there that are different about you and the opportunity with your company versus anybody else. I've noticed for us, this is this has been a huge separator. When I start talking about a potential opportunity for employees to be in a, a participant or like an ownership, maybe like an employee stock option plan, something like that, it grabs people's attention right away because they want to be part of something bigger. So that, that's a point because you, you talk about vision being part of something bigger and We've seen it through different companies and organizations that are growing, and we've seen it with our organization. When you can talk to somebody about the vision of your organization and where it's going, but then you have to bring it back to how are they going to fit into it and how are they going to be benefiting from that vision so that it's not just about you. It's about what does it mean to them, and they get excited about it. They go to the next interview with some other firm who just – talks about, well, this is the salary, it's a nine to six job, blah, blah, blah. And there's no vision or there's no, there's nothing for that employee to get excited about. They come back to your organization and say, I'm in. Yeah. Because they're buying into the story. That's what people are buying. They want to go home and tell their friends and their family. They want to go to work and feel good about what it is that's right in front of them to take hold of every day. Those seeds, you those little seeds that we've planted with each other, we've grown over the years because that vision, that opportunity is constantly reinforced and it's expanded too. So you're an RIA and you're talking to an admin person or an operations person. How are you going to pitch excitement for that? But there's a way to do it. You have to find out what drives that individual. To your point during the interview, what makes them tick? What do they get excited about? And then you just have to figure out how to connect what their role and responsibilities are with meeting their personal needs and their purpose. We talk about purpose in our company all the time. What's your purpose? What's their purpose in life? Why are they 
going to come to work every day. There's an underlying reason that you have to figure out. Generally, it's a personal thing, their family and all those things. So then you have to connect. You have to be a leader. If you're in the interviewing process, if you're part of that process, you have to figure out how to connect. And it's got to be done, to your point, quickly. So you have to be a good listener and then connect their goals and visions with your goals and visions. Because most companies aren't doing that. Yeah, this this is an interesting topic. So the way we do it, if you have the ability to do it this way, you should do it this way. So you want somebody who's going to talk about specific opportunities inside of the company. I know, granted, we're like, hey, do it fast. Try to get it all in there. But if it's the opportunity where you can have a bunch of different conversations, maybe it's a day in the office and they talk to a bunch of different people, you want to have someone who can talk about the vision. You want to have somebody who's really in a direct reporter close to it position and give them the details on the job description and give them somebody who's just a part of the company who's been there that they can kind of describe their experience you want to give them these different perspectives and not just everybody telling the same exact story i think that helps people but it's all connected together though there's one broad story in a different way so it's like they're hearing it from multiple people and what is your actual hiring process is it one person I think the reason why we do such a decent, a good job, I'll say, in really bringing on great people is because you and JC and Ben, you all touch the candidate, not literally, figuratively, right? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if you really like the candidate, you know, so you get different perspectives. There's been times we hired somebody that, you know, one of the individuals wasn't giving them enough time, wasn't maybe they were distracted. And they weren't listening to the person mm-hmm. and they wanted to pass. And then when you and I were talking to them, we were fully engaged and being present in the interview and heard a few things that we were like, oh, okay, I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we hired that person because it was a team effort and they've done really well. We're really happy that we hired them. If we left the hiring to that one person, we wouldn't have hired that individual. And so the moral to the story there is, Sometimes you think it's easier just to have one person doing it. It's easier for everybody else, and but it's not always the best way to do it. Right. You know, you're bringing on people, you're spending money to hire that person, so you're investing in that person. That would be like going about and buying a stock and just throwing a dart. I mean, back in 2000, 2001, you could do that, but not anymore. But not putting time and effort into doing the research in what's the right stock position or mutual fund or whatever. But you're investing what is a lot of money and it keeps going up with this market, you're spending more money to hire the same individual. So why wouldn't you want to have a few more people involved in the process to make sure you're hiring the right people? The other thing it does is it shows that candidate that you really care, that you're taking this hiring process seriously versus a, hey, come on in, here's John. John's going to interview you and uh, you know, thank you, we'll let you know from the candidate's perspective, look, if it's just one person and that's what it is, that's what it is. But if you have the ability to bring in, even if you're four or five people, if you can bring in two or three, just to give some different presence to the whole process, you're going to be that much better. And look, you said process. You have to have, if you can, set up people in specific roles in that process, right? So you want maybe somebody on the front end doing an interview, over the phone. And then if that passes screening, you're going to start looking at a face-to-face interview. 
and then have somebody designated to send out an offer if the face-to-face interview goes well and set up these processes so that everybody knows their role in hiring to onboarding to training and you can repeat that right if you don't have that and you're trying to pull it from all different available resources at any given time you'll have a lot of chatter at your firm yeah the other thing too we met with a firm large ria and well i met with them you weren't there and i was shocked they were talking about how the hiring process is wearing down the ceo and he should be with clients and all that stuff I'm like well what do you mean the hiring process is wearing him down. Now, this is a multi, multi, between seven and $8 million business. And this CEO was literally doing the first interviews. So they don't even know if this person is qualified. Maybe they got the resume. And the CEO, who should be working with the 10 and 15, $20 million clients, is meeting with somebody, spending an hour with them. Oh, my God, an hour with somebody you don't even know if you're going to even move on to the next round. We were doing some consulting with them and we just got them to turn the hiring process upside down in that they started with somebody else. And then if that first person liked them, they moved to the next person. And if that person liked them, then they, in that process, there was only three people. So basically once the second person, the first person, second person, so basically office manager, slash, you know, sort of COO. Then the second person who was really going to be the direct report liked them. Then they brought it to the CEO. And the CEO's only job in that instance was to get to know the person and tell their story of this is who the firm is. This is our vision. These are our core values. So that the CEO knew that the message was being delivered. He didn't need to get into your past and Tell me about this question. I'm going to throw three different questions at you. Because at that point, two of his most important people decided, we like this person. Third message was, now I just want to shake hands with you. But the key there is all three people knew what they were looking for. They knew what their core values were and how to match them up. And the messaging was the same in terms of expectations. By the time I got to the CEO, it was really just the soft stuff. And it was 30 minutes. And the CEO is not going to be spending the bulk of their day with that person anyway. Right. You want to put the people who are going to work with this new individual right on the front lines to make some sort of determination on how it'll shake out and put the CEO in a position to focus in on the more important things. Processes is really everything when you're talking about hiring. You got to just get yourself out there to understand the competition Everything's not going to be geographically the same these days. You might want to open up your mind to remote work. You got to get creative with the benefits and offers that are going to be on the table. And you've got to consider what your hiring process looks like today. If it's too long, if it's too short, if it needs to be modified, you should see some good results from that. Yeah. And be able to explain your vision clear so that their vision fits into your vision. If you can do that, you'll outbid the competitors. So- That was a great wrap-up. That was a great summary. So you got that, listen to it, write it down again. And you have to be doing this all the time. Sort of like prospecting. You always have to be looking for clients. You always, in this marketplace, always have to be looking for talent. Because, you know, you never know when you're going to lose somebody for whatever reason. And by default, the things that you're going to be doing to attract new talent are actually going to motivate 
and hold on to your existing talent, which is just as important. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. That was a great podcast. I hope everybody learned something. Dale, I think you did a great job. Thank you very much for picking thank up you. the slack there. For those of you that are listening, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. You can see us sitting in my office here, our makeshift podcast. We are going to be building a new podcast in our new office, so we're really excited about that. I'll post some stuff on our Instagram account, franklarosa.elite. Check out the Instagram account. As always, if you have any questions, you have any topics that you want to hear more of, feel free to email us. You can email frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com or dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com. And if you're ever interested or you have questions about making a move, you're not sure who to go to, you need some guidance, you need a real consultative approach, where your guys. Give Dale a call, 856-316-4653. Or Frank a call at 856-316-4651. There you go. All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.